we think there's a spectrum for these small and newer businesses. I mean, this could be anything from the glass is totally empty to the glass is half empty to the glass is running over. Regardless of the type of business, there are opportunities now to reach out virtually to create new processes that allow you to uh, fill what are the emerging problems with your clients, with your customers, uh, and just deliver that in a different way. Welcome to another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella. Here on the show, our mission is to help organizations make better business decisions. So in light of this new coronavirus um, outbreak that's been impacting not just uh, families and people's health, we're now starting to see a massive economic uh, impact that this virus is happening um, or is taking a toll on with people staying home, industries basically having to shut down in many places. Um, and so we want to do our best in the spirit of our mission to bring you the best, most up-to-date information we can from our expert faculty here at the Kelly School of Business. So today I am joined by the Professor of Marketing, Kim Saxton, and Professor of Strategy and Entrepreneurship, Todd Saxton. Guys, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Yes, thanks for asking. So obviously, there's a lot of uncertainty with what's happening um, in not just economics, uh, but within you know people's health and how we're getting information uh, about the virus. And it almost seems like it's changing on an hourly uh, basis with new information constantly coming in. And obviously, that's impacting the trading within the stock market, which is also impacting you know industries such as restaurants, the travel industry, uh, entertainment industries. I mean, so many different industries are being impacted because of a lot of these social distancing uh, guidelines put out by the CDC. So talk to us, you know, from your perspective, what we're seeing um, in a lot of these smaller businesses. Yeah, so we think there's a spectrum for these small and newer businesses. I mean, this could be anything from, oh my gosh, the glass is totally empty to the glass is half empty to there are some for which the glass is not just half full, but even there's it's running over. Um, so um, it, it really varies depending on the nature of the business. But the key things that we need to think about for small businesses, first of all, you know, where are your customers at? If you are a high touch organization, your customers are not going to be coming in because we're in a low touch situation. And by touch, I mean physical touch, right? Because there's touch that could be like, we're really engaging, we understand you, but this is like actual physical touch. Um, some supply chains are quite vulnerable. I mean, originally this happened in, by shutting down China and that left some smaller businesses. But even across the United States now, if your inventory, if your supplies are not coming from locally, it might be difficult to get or hearing that from the Chamber of Commerce. Um, and you just don't have a lot of, of slack built in. I mean, you don't have extra resources, you don't have extra people. Um, some of these small businesses are very much from revenue coming in to paying the bills. And so this is going to be a, a very difficult time. But we also think that the glass is half full. So we see opportunities. We think um, regardless of the type of business, there are opportunities now to reach out virtually to create new processes that allow you to 
uh, Phil, what are the emerging problems with your clients, with your customers, uh, and just deliver at that in a different way and being creative about that, uh, being open-minded and, and understanding, being empathetic about their, their challenge, but also being creative about rethinking your business model and, and how you can, can reach out and, and not necessarily take advantage, but at, at least keep the ship afloat. Todd, I want to ask you, we're starting to hear a lot of news reports about, you know, China is slowly starting to open some of their factories and we may see some of these supply chains, at least in China, begin to open back up. What um, are some of the things that you would see or kind of give um, organizational leaders who depend on a lot of these supply chains? um, What would your messaging be um, to, to ensure that these supply chains may or may not come back? Sure. So one of the big challenges when there's a supply chain interruption like this is what's called quality fade. So often uh, small companies particularly have to kind of shift to a new or unknown source of their materials, and they might not have the same quality as, as what they're used to or might not kind of work as well with the, the existing your existing products and processes. So uh, being very cautious with new suppliers and new materials as to how you integrate them into your products if you are in a situation where that can create liability downstream is, is one kind of warning sign to look for. Uh, hopefully, as you suggest, uh, the kind of preceding uh, what, what had been the supply chains, particularly from China, but, but elsewhere as well, uh, are going to kind of slowly come back online. Obviously, what we're facing now, instead of a supply side interruption, is, is the demand side, and hopefully the stimulus package will, will help address that. But this is going to take not days or weeks, but, but months to sort through, uh, being patient with that process, uh, trying to, if there is a queue, so to speak, whether that's virtual or physical, try and be early in that queue so that you're among the first to be getting those new supplies, because there's going to be an incredible pent-up demand. Uh, for all of this, and and it's going to come back online slowly. Kim, you were mentioning that there's a lot of good news that's also uh, in the midst of this, or more of the half full uh, for a lot of organizations. Can you expand more upon um, some more of this half full mentality that a lot of businesses are seeing? Yeah, so I think that's a great opportunity to, as Todd said, re-explore your business model, revamp what you're doing, or just even think of creative new ways to gain customers. Um, there's probably some resistance on customers' parts to, to buy if there's a long-term buying process because of the uncertainty. They don't know what kind of funds they're going to have. They don't know when their people are going to be back, et cetera, et cetera. So you can think there are marketing tools we can use. So for one, you can discount for, the, for buying now for something that you deliver in the future. Um, if you're a small firm, you know, and essentially getting people to uh, pick their slots for when things do open back up. Um, And I think we're seeing some of the um, home improvements companies are kind of doing that, that they're discounting if you will place orders now because they want to keep their people moving. And small firms are more nimble. So some of these things are not that hard to implement. They're more about you being really creative. Heard a really great idea for a coffee shop that was located close to a hospital. Um, Obviously, no one's going into the coffee shop, but the hospital has lots of workers who are working overtime. And so they could set up some sort of a buying, a group buying, and they could walk the coffee across the street to the hospital that needs it now, right? And so it's thinking differently about where your customers are, what your customers need. 
we've heard of, you know, some restaurants, Mexican restaurants, you know, that figured out how to get some margaritas to go because everybody needs a little extra right now. They're very creative ideas. And, and now it's to start time to start thinking like, well, how, not just how have I done things, but how are customers going to want me to do things in the future? On the sad side, um, when this first started, I, I reached out to the seven restaurants and local businesses that we love, and I wanted to buy gift cards online. Zero. I could buy gift cards from zero of them online. Zero. That's really interesting. So I emailed through their websites to say, hey, can we set up a way for me to buy a, a gift card and, and you mail it to me? One called me back. That's so interesting because I was hearing, you know, a lot of um, uh, business podcasts I followed and uh, a lot of news organizations are saying, you know, something to help a lot of these businesses is as consumers is to buy some of those gift cards to give a lot of these um, places cash right now to be able to help weather through um, with the hopes then, hey, once everything opens back up, we're going to come back, we're going to um, use our gift cards later on. Um, and that's really interesting that you're having that some people are um not offering those gift cards. So how, how can uh, organizations start um, leveraging or marketing uh, using gift cards or buying gift cards in this season? So it's just another electronic capability that you need to build in. There are electronic ways of doing that. I know I just got a request from my favorite coffee shop in Crested Butte, Colorado, which is having a, a coronavirus uh, attack right now. They're shutting down the whole county. It's one of the hardest hit areas in the U.S., and, and they offered me to buy a gift card for the next time I go back there electronically through email. So, I mean, there are, you have to just go find them. Like Shopify has this capability. I don't know them off the top of my head, but I, I would figure them out fairly quickly. Um, some of them you can call and they'll send you gift cards. But I mean, if you really had a good customer relationship database, then you would know everybody's email addresses. You would I actually have a customer ID for them. I could go online and buy a gift card and not actually physically need the gift card. It would be electronic in your account, in my account, and I could use it when I go in. I mean, Redbox does this, right? So I get points. I can use my Redbox points. Small businesses haven't thought about taking it to the next step. But think about what if we move to being essentially a cashless society and, and not even needing cards, right? That this is time to start to build those capabilities. Not everybody's going to want to do that. I mean, it took a while for people to do self-service kiosks at the grocery stores too, right? But some people love that. And so that's a one way that you protect your business in the long run is if you've got it set up electronically in a secure way. Todd, I want to bring you in and ask you uh, a lot of more as more and more industries are beginning to become impacted and seeing uh, some of the economic strain within their own organizations. What can organizational leaders do uh, mentally? How can organizational leaders start to mentally prepare as they start looking toward the future um, to make decisions based on facts versus letting all those emotions and feelings uh, guide and make irrational decisions? Yeah, so there, there, I would recommend a great book by Stephen Johnson called Farsighted uh, in times of making decisions under uncertainty, uh, trying to think through not just the immediate tactical, but also what's what's kind of down the road. Uh, but some things to, to think about, one would be scenario planning. And, and I'm thinking beyond just the best case, worst case and middle ground that we think is, is likely. <clears throat> 
excuse me, that uh, uh, thinking through what are the possible kind of avenues for some industries, there is going to be a new normal. Kim talked about the glass being overflowing. If you look at, uh, for example, locally, like Tyner Pond Farm and, and Green Bean got swamped with orders last week. Uh, we're seeing a possible resurgence of Blue Apron, which is uh, all but on its its final uh, kind of gasp, uh, and and now is having a resurgence in orders and and is kind of reinvigorated by this. So if you think about industries that are what we call crossing the chasm, so industries that kind of came on, got an early wave of adopters. This might be things like online education, for example, esports, telemedicine. Uh, virtual meetings, those are things that penetrated the market to some degree, but had largely stabilized or weren't seeing dramatic growth. Uh, maybe 10 to 20% of the market uh, at, as a whole was, was kind of using these products or services. You have this chasm moment now where with industries like that, that enable virtual interaction, there's going to be, I believe, a whole new normal. Uh, I think now that a lot of teachers, for example, have been forced uh, to adopt online teaching. Now, this is something that the Kelly School has been at the forefront of for 20 plus years. So fortunately, we're pretty facile with online delivery and the use of tools like Zoom. Uh, for a lot of teachers and, and for a lot of students, they're kind of discovering this, but that's going to become a much more uh, viable tool in the future now that we've been kind of forced to, to cross that chasm. Uh, esports is another that I think of because uh, obviously live sporting events have and entertainment have kind of gone away. So any kind of e-entertainment, esports, uh, this is a moment when that might move from uh, kind of those pioneers or early technology adopters to being more mainstream. So coming back to kind of the scenario planning and what leaders can do, one step is to work with your, your employees, your advisors, uh, bring your customers into the discussion and talk about some different scenarios. How long might this last? Uh, how will, what will be the long lasting effect? Is there a crossing the chasm moment that we need to be sensitive to or, or an opportunity there? Uh, and then also what are the resources associated with that? And, and to your earlier point, how do you then take some steps to understand think about what metrics are going to signal which scenarios appears to be the more likely as, as things unfold. We're seeing, fortunately, in, in China, as you talked about, uh, a stabilization, a, a decrease of, of new cases uh, or, or no new cases, I believe, uh, yesterday or the day before, uh, a, a gradual opening of supply chains. So that gives us at least some prior of how long this might last. Uh, and those would be some of the metrics uh, to look for. Right now, because testing has just become available, there's going to be this explosion of positive uh, tests. That doesn't mean that many more people are getting it uh, and, and be, be sane about interpreting that information. Uh, but as that kind of uh, levels out, uh, there will be some early indicators that you can follow in terms of metrics that are both kind of more generic, like nationally what's going on, but also locally in your market. Uh, and paying attention to those, having good monitoring to, to be able to follow and, and then better predict which scenario is going to, to unfold. And I think that's a really great point you bring up is the fact that we may see a big spike in positive tests, but that really is more of an indicator that there are more testing kits available rather than more people actually becoming infected, uh, like your initial instinct might want to tell you when you're interpreting some of that data. Exactly. I mean, very realistically, we could have a tenfold increase in Indiana or nationally, and that does not in any way indicate that there's 
that much of a progression of the disease itself. Kim, I want to ask you, you know, you brought up a really uh, great point about making sure you keep engaged with your customers and having an active audience as everyone's kind of um, social distancing. So what kind of uh, marketing messages, as we're starting to see a lot of organizations email out their, you know, COVID-19 response and how they're adopting to it, what do you recommend um, organizations uh, create as far as a marketing strategy to keep that um, open stream of communication uh, to their customers? Well, I think everybody had to send that first email just to have sort of a safety check, right? And and as someone put it, I think every brand I've ever interacted with since I was a teenager sent me one of those. So after the third one, they no one's reading them anymore, right? So now what you have to start to do is put yourself in your customer's shoes. What do they want to hear from you? Like, what role do you play? What role could you play? What, how can you help them? Think about different ways that you could be helping them right? People still have birthdays. So, I mean, gift cards might be something to think about with birthdays. We're still going to have graduations. I mean, imagine that you're a high school senior right now. This must be, you know, just gut-wrenching as we think about our, our popular culture, what we like to do. But so think about how you can help them, right? Maybe somebody's having a bad day, you know, got the blues here. Here's an extra 15% off. Da, 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 da. Um, our, our daughter lives in DC. And um, she texted us, oh, some things are arriving. And, and she has been finding like little treats that she thought everybody else in the family would like. And they've just magically showed up. And, and by I- the way, she's on self-quarantine because she got a fever about a week ago. So uh, she is positively thinking about how to support others, even though she's right in the middle of um, this, this current state of the world. Well, man, we hope she definitely feels better. Um, and I mean, I, and I've seen it too, you know, a lot of, like you were saying, people are meeting, uh, organizations are meeting with their customers where they're at, you know, seeing a lot of, uh, even people in the entertainment industry doing live virtual concerts um, for yeah. people or um, there's so much innovation that's taking place. And um, I, w- I want to start asking you, you know, how can organizations start thinking about that? innovation and in, in taking a, a negative um, environment in which we're finding ourselves with how we do our normal day-to-day as we have a massive disruption happening and how can they leverage some of that innovation within their um, current you know mission and, and the vision within their organization? Well I think there's different answers for different kinds of organizations right so one of the things I encourage some of the small businesses is particularly if you're in the service industry, I mean, you had wait staff who you don't need to deploy as wait staff, but how can you find which ones have talents in other places? You can learn how to do anything in digital marketing online. <laughs> Pay them to figure out how to SEO the website or add on electronic transactions or find the best gift cards or re- electronic return services. I mean, anything that's going to make your business more online. Let Pay them to get that skill built up in your organization. A lot of small businesses think in order to add these skills, they got to go pay some third party. And yes, paying third party marketing services agencies, there are some advantages to doing it, but right now start slow. Just innovate within your own operations, something that's going to take you to the next level. And I mentioned that customer relationship database. So creating a, a database of customers requires you know, having rows of customers and columns of activities. 
somebody has to put those together and all this, whatever software, whatever, anything you have, all the different lists, they're all separate. They have to be put together. It's a manual process. Now's a great time to do it. Even if you just went through your credit card receipts to see what credit card numbers pop up frequently, your hundred most frequent credit card numbers, figure out who those people are and figure out what's going on with them. I mean, a lot of their information is going to be available. And the other thing I think you can do as an organization is reach out and ask customers, tell them what your problems are and see if they want to help you, but also ask customers, how can we be helping you? Because often the most innovative ideas come from your, what we call lead users. People who use your product all the time often have ideas where they we were thinking, oh, I just wish they would. Well, now's a good time. Ask people, what do you wish we would do? Right? They're sitting at home watching their email. And kind of follow up on that, either you as the owner or founder of the small business, or at least some of your staff do have bandwidth now to do some of these kind of house cleaning tasks. You may not be ready to go digital today or even tomorrow, but you now have assets that can be redeployed from their other work uh, to help put together that customer database, organize that information, create those social media accounts that you have been uh, meaning to get to for the last two years and, and just haven't quite pulled off. Plan your virtual reopening, right? Uh, so, so that you're, you have this focal event. Kelly's all about moments to momentum, right? Create some positive moments that you anticipate in coming weeks or months and how that can stimulate a whole new uh, kind of era in terms of your relationship with your key stakeholders. And that includes your employees, uh, your, your owners, uh, investors, if you're a an investor-funded startup, and certainly your your customers and other partners that you work with. Finally, I want to ask both of you, uh, from your perspective, um, expertise, uh, coming with, with the information organizations do have now and what we do have available to us, what should, especially in these high-touch industries, what should... Um, be some of the next steps or what would be your advice um, to, to give to organizational leaders uh, over this next week? So there are going to be a number of industries and individuals who can take advantage of the bailout. Uh, don't sit back and wait for that check to arrive. Be proactive about reaching out. Uh, I know the Indy Chamber, for example, has a set of virtual resources and uh, kind of an open line to answer questions. And Kelly is helping support that effort when it comes to strategic marketing questions, things like that. So be proactive about reaching out to say, hey, what parts of this might uh, we be able to take advantage of? It's not all on you to keep your, your employees afloat, for example. There are lots of steps being taken to protect individuals that are disadvantaged by the situation economically. So you need to parse your resources toward keeping the ship afloat uh, at, at present and just making sure that you can virtually keep your doors open, not literally keep your doors open, uh, and, and be sensitive to other resources that are being provided. Uh, as Kim mentioned, reaching out to your customers, bringing them in, uh, and, and I think that step one is just staying afloat and, and being aware of opportunities that are being created for support from other channels that you might not typically uh, have leveraged. The other thing, I think if you have the resources to stay afloat, even if you're shuttered, maybe, um, but now you have time on your hands, uh, a lot of marketing activities take time more than they take money. Uh, getting customer testimonials, uh, thinking about social media posts planning out a calendar, um, 
people want to hear from you. Be interactive. What's a white paper about how you do something like the best ways to make coffee even or best designs for coffee foam. I mean, think about something that would be a tool that would be useful. You can start to dribble these out now, but you also could be planning, put on a blog, uh, write your blog posts for a month, get Buffer or Hootsuite, plan out your social media calendar. I mean, those are the things that people don't take the time to do when they're busy running the business, but now you're down and back to his idea of the virtual reopen, you know, put all the social media marketing, digital marketing pieces in place so that your reopening is beautiful. Kim Saxon, Todd Saxon, thank you guys so much for being our guests on our show and for helping our small businesses with your expertise. This has been another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella. Here on the show, our mission is to help organizations make better business decisions. We'll see you next week.